thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see and all I have needed thy hands have provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me Welcome. Uh, I hope everybody can hear me. I was told last week at the end that there were some folk couldn't hear me. So if you're aware of anybody around about you that can't hear, can you please uh, signal and let me know? Uh, but welcome to the service. It's really good um, to share and worship together this morning, whether you're here in person or online. Uh, I've got a few intimations. Uh, I've got one, the one that you've probably all been waiting for, following on from the presbytery meeting on Tuesday. Um, and I'll read out what was agreed at Falkirk Presbytery. 
that the congregations of Caradon, Bones St Andrews and Bones Old be united. Agree that the Bones Old be initially used as a place of worship for the united congregation and that the other buildings be sold and that the United Kirk Session shall, within a period of one year from the date of agreement of the basis of union by all parties, conduct a feasibility study on, one, the possibility of building a new church in a central location, two, identifying any suitable sites for said church, and three, the redevelopment of the site at Bones Old for more flexible use. Now, obviously, we're a listed building, so that doesn't mean knocking us down or anything like that. Um, and also that the United Congregation in Bones be served by a full-time minister of word and sacrament with the current minister of Bones Old, subject to the agreement in the basis of union, being the initial minister of the charge. Now, because of the presbytery transition, this has still got to um, be ratified in June. And then after that, there will be congregational votes um, probably sometime in the autumn with a view to coming together um, towards the end of the year. But everybody in the congregation who's on the roll will be entitled to vote. If you're not sure about that, then uh, please speak to me and I can, can check that for you. If you've got any questions then, uh, or comments, then please do speak to me after the service. And just remember that the folks in the other churches might be feeling a wee bit different from things than, than what we are. So remember everybody in your prayers. Um, a few other announcements. It's hoped to th start the Thursday half hour again. Uh, but at the moment, we don't have a minibus driver, so we're wondering if people would be available um, to help transport people in cars, possibly on a rota. And also, if you are interested in coming to the Thursday half hour and we need a lift, uh, let us know as well. For any of these things, if you could speak to Eric O'Fillan. Christian Aid Week is the 15th to the 22nd of May, and... Uh, I think, Jeanette, were you handing them out today? But there's envelopes anyway. And on Sunday, the 22nd of May, we'll have a brunch in the church hall. So that's two weeks today, immediately after the service, um, just for some fellowship and to raise some extra funds for Christian aid. So please put that in your diary and hopefully you'll all be able to stay behind that day. And finally, um, the pastor from... The Apostolic Riverview Church, uh, Tom Workman, is going out on a mercy mission to Poland on the 29th of May, uh, and from there he'll be travelling into Ukraine. They're going by car, uh, uh, but they are looking to take some supplies with them, and if anybody would like to help with that, um, the items we've been asked for are pseudo-cream, toothbrushes and toothpaste, and new underwear, all sizes, um, for adults and children. And that would need to be here uh, by Sunday the 22nd of May so that we could get that to them. And that was quite a lot of notices. So at the end today, there'll be tea and coffee. So please do stay behind. Thank you.
Good morning, everyone. I kind of missed you last week when I wasn't here. Kind of. <laughs> Actually, I was too busy with my mum to even think about where I was last Sunday. Anyway, so nice to see everybody today. And um, just, I've had a really busy week um, with family stuff. So I'm wondering if you can just think about your week and what's happened and what were the highlights and what were the bits that you could just have wished had never happened and have a wee chat with your neighbour about them. Well, it sounds as if you've all had a busy week as well. (laughs) Hopefully there was a lot more positives than negatives in it anyway. So let's look forward to today and leading into next week. And let's all come together with our call to worship. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, anointing us, sending us to proclaim the favour, to comfort, to prevail, to listen. The day of the Lord is coming. We're now going to raise our voices together with our first hymn, All People that on earth do dwell. Sorry.
standing? Ha ha! <laughs> she was keeping me on my toes today as well, so don't worry about it. We're going to be singing another hymn directly now. So we're singing, Seek Ye First. going to bring ourselves together in prayer. Dear Lord, this morning we come to meet you, expectant and hopeful, but just as we are. As human beings, we come in so many different ways. Some of us come with our hearts so full of joy, but some come with bodies that are weighed down with burdens. Some with minds confused as to who you are, and others with souls that seek refuge in you, because they are certain you care and love them dearly. You are a God that delights in us, whether we stomp around or we tiptoe gently. You watch our every move. Whether we are sad or happy, you know exactly how we are feeling. And whether we call out loudly or whisper quietly, you hear our prayer, and your love is always with us. 
Forgive us when we do not acknowledge the truth of you in our lives. When your delight in us turns to sorrow. Sorrow as we forget you so quickly and we allow other things to take up our time. Forgive us when we have been too busy to listen to a friend, too tired to offer support to those around us. And forgive us when we have looked elsewhere for contentment and peace. Forgive us when we are not gracious, when we are too quick to form opinions, too quick to judge others, and for the times that we don't give folk the benefit of the doubt. But you, Lord, open the way to forgiveness by your unconditional love. And we thank you for that and for the knowledge that when we follow Jesus, however little we think we have to offer, you help us to minister to each other. Teach us that all that we do and all the differences that we make are for you. Teach us patience, compassion and grace as we rejoice in our faith and in our hope. Teach us to be open to others, to offer welcome and to offer inclusion. Help us to reach out to one another with love, care and compassion so that we can live our best lives knowing that you, we are living through you. When times are tough and others challenge our love for you, when we feel weak and overwhelmed, help us to see you all around us and to follow what is true. Jesus came to save the world, offering us life with you now and forever in your kingdom. Let this give us courage to hold true to you in all that we do. Help us to see others, help us to see others through you. Help us to be the best that we can be so that they can see your grace and your goodness through us and want to have you in their lives also. We thank you that your love is constant and we thank you for the many gifts you provide us, especially for the love you have shown us and the examples you have set for us. May we trust that we will find the strength both practically and prayerfully, to share our faith in your Son, Jesus, in whose name we entrust these prayers to you. Amen. Well, here I am with my roving mic. And do you know that these ladies in the minibus said, come to us first, because we want to speak to you this morning. <laughs> just, just as I passed by them this morning, they were like, hey, hey, you. <laughs> they weren't really, but they were chatting. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Who has got news for me this morning? Anybody? Yay. <laughs> Yesterday we started painting our arch for the gala day. Oh, wow, painting the arch for the gala day. I can't wait. I'm very excited. I'm going to come see you. Do you get a practice beforehand? Yeah. 17th dress rehearsal. How exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Mummy doesn't look quite as, quite as enthralled as uh, everybody else, but <laughs> fine once we get there. <gasps> you getting a new dress as well? Any excuse for a new dress? Anybody else got anything? Oh, yay. 
Gary and I are celebrating our silver wedding on Tuesday, so we've got a weekend away next weekend my husband's booked for and I have no idea where we're going. I've just been ready for quarter to four on Friday afternoon and I don't know where I'm going, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's amazing. Well done. How exciting. Did you have your hand up too, Mark? No, no, no. <laughs> Who else had their hand up? Am I missing? Oh, here's one here as well. Sorry. We're just preparing to go off and see our grandson who is passing out parade as this coming week into the army. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. So it's way up the back as well. Here we go. We were at a celebration of renewing vows for a couple uh, who were 10 years married. And I just thought, amateurs, we're 47. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they were just excited the way. <laughs> Andrew, all the way up the back. Oh gosh, you're making me climb, Andrew. Not very gracefully. Oh, okay. On Thursday, I won a medal. What was your medal for? Uh, I was at my judo. Judo? Yeah. Wow. And did you win a celebration? Did you do a competition? Sometimes. Good skills and working hard. We're going to start that for everybody. Good skills and working hard. <laughs> Anybody else? Yep, well done. Is that it? You all done? Oh, another hand. Right at the very front. Now I know why Amanda's so slim. Yesterday. And he is beautiful. Can I hold him up so that everybody can see him? Do you mind? This is our new Teddy, isn't he beautiful? Yay. He's gorgeous. Have you given him a name? Dream Bright Bear. Dream, dream. dream Bright Bear. Oh, Dream Bright Bear. Well, he's very beautiful. <laughs> You're very lucky. Does anyone else? Oh. I think you're pointing me somewhere else. No. this side of the church hadn't spoken so um, it's Barry and Katie's wedding anniversary on Wednesday wow. but in Pat's terms they're amateurs as well, they're nine years <laughs> nine years but they're still working at it Pat <laughs> well congratulations <laughs> oh, I'm very excited about how much news there was is that us? just before somebody has to resuscitate me <laughs> I'm very unfit compared to Amanda. <laughs> Great hand over to you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's okay. I'll turn it off just now. Lots of news this morning. That's fantastic. Lots of congratulations and best wishes and all kinds of things out there. Um, I actually had a wee drop news. I, I did park run yesterday and um, I actually got my fastest time this year. Still not bet my personal best, which I got in December last year, but to actually have got back to the point where I had my fastest time this year and I'm now only a minute away from my, my time last year that broke my personal best, which is really good because since I had COVID, my time has been rubbish. So I'm taking that. Small wins is, is all I say. Small ones. So, 
I just need to find the right bit now on my, my script. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots to think about and lots, lots of news to hear about, which is good. I'm going to make you do some work now. I'm going to get you thinking. Um, this morning, well, I said last week we were going to think about the five marks of mission. And this morning we're thinking about the first of them, which is to proclaim the kingdom um, of God. But before we do that, I want you to think about what you think of when I say the word church. So what do you think of when I say the word church? Um, have a chat with your neighbour and see what you come up with. What or somebody round about you? Told you I was going to get you to do some work. What do you mean? What do you think of when I say the word or when somebody says the word church? And you know what's going to happen now. I'm going to come and ask you. <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think of when we talk about the word church? A place to come and worship Jesus. A place to come and worship Jesus. I like that one. Anything else? Oh, Hannah, I'll come back to you. I think about people. People? Okay. Anybody else? Fellowship. Fellowship. Okay, being with one another. Yeah. I've got nodding heads here. Yeah. Anything else? Any advance? Yeah, my family that brought me here. Okay, your family who brought you here. Anything else? There's no right or wrong answers, I promise. Anything that somebody thought that has not been said so far? Lots of memories attached to this building. Right, so the building as well. Yeah. Anything else? Right, so there was lots of things there. People, uh, the building. Hannah, you had one as well. What was your one? Somebody said it. No Weetabix, because I never get Weetabix on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no Weetabix. Oh dear, that's, do you know that's, but isn't that, those are the memories sometimes that we have attached to things. Um, you know, church, growing up, um, when I thought of church, I would get into, I wasn't allowed to wear my jeans, you know, things like that. Um, these, so there's negative association, associations as well as positive ones. Thank you for that, Hannah. That's a really good um, reminder and wake-up call, isn't it, um, of the negative things that we can attach to church as well. My next question, making you work doubly hard today, what does it mean to you to be the church? So what does it mean to you to be the church? So church isn't just a noun, as in this building that we're sitting in. 
It's also a verb in a sense because we're called, or is it a verb? It's a doing word, but it's also a noun. Um, what does it mean to you to be, to be the church? Have a chat about that. I've stunned you all into silence, I can tell. Right, what do you think? What does it mean to be the church? Anybody want to see what they thought? United as a family and a oh. place in your community. United as a family. And a place in your community. And a place in your community. I like that. Can you write our new mission statement, Ruth? <laughs> Hang on till I get the microphone to you. When I come in here on a Sunday morning, I think about all the people who used to come, sit in front of me, behind me, side of me, and people who used to sit up in the, the balcony. And I feel I'm back home again. I remember everybody again. Mm -hmm. And I've got a big photograph when we were all here, and the photograph was taken behind, from behind. Mm -hmm. And I can see all these people have got this in the house. So it's been part of something. Oh, yes. Part of something since bigger was, than you. Since I was here. Yeah. Okay, anybody else? I might not need to preach this morning. This is quite good. <laughs> You're all doing it for me. It's a big responsibility to be what you say you are. To be who you say you are. Mm. Or to be who Jesus says we mm. are. Mm. Yep, we'll come back to that later on. Anything else? Anybody else got anything that they want to share? Pat, um, I'll come round away. That's what I'll do. We're meant to show God's love in the community and to one another. Yep, and so to be loved to one another, to show that love, yeah? To be Christ to one another. I don't need to preach this morning, this is quite good. Right, anybody else? Well, everybody said something that wants to. Yeah, so church is more than just a building then, isn't it? I need some specs. I remember as a young child being taught that we action. Um, 
I'll let you put my specs on first because I need my hands. You'll remember it as soon as I show you it. You know that one? Uh, this is the church. Here is a steeple. Look inside and see all the people. But really, that just plays into the idea that the nine church is a building, just like this one, made of stone, big tall steeple where people gather. And yet, it is an example of a church building, but that, is that really what is meant by the word church? In the New Testament, it's the word ecclesia that we translate as church. And ecclesia means assembly. And so biblically and theologically speaking, in that we rhyme, it's only when we get to the people inside that we really have church. This building could stand for another hundred years and it would still look like we expect a church too, but unless there are people who gather here in God's name to proclaim something of the good news of Christ's coming, then can we really say it's a church? And so what makes a church a church? Not just stones, not just a building, not just the people, but the people gathered with a purpose. As Pat said, to love one another. As Ruth said, to bless and, and to be something in our community. As we said last week, to join in God's mission, to participate in the work of telling all people to the ends of the earth about God and God's saving activity through the life, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Church of Scotland over recent years has begun talking about mission in terms of the five marks of mission. And this round of presbytery planning of which I'm a part and of which we are a part that's the, the, the thing that, that is driving it, if you like, or that, we, or that we're being asked to use to drive it. Where the number of ministries and charges are reduced to around about the 600 mark, all of that is being shaped around mission, and in particular, the five marks of mission. The idea that the mission that we're involved in as the church, as the people of God here in this place, has five marks or five characteristics which um, identify it. And so the first of those marks is this one, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And we're going to think about what that means for us today. But first though, let's, let us hear God's word um, read to us this morning by Ruth. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is as written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today, 
This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thanks be to God for his reading. Jesus stands up in the synagogue in Nazareth and reads from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then as he rolled up the scroll in which the scripture was written, Jesus said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That is the good news that we as church are called to proclaim. That's the, that, that the kingdom of God is here. That with Christ's coming, with his healing ministry, with his sacrificial death and his rising from the grave, that all of the ancient promises about God's coming and God's kingdom coming on earth are fulfilled. That is good news. That is the gospel. It has never been God's intention, or it never was God's intention, for the creation that God created to suffer and die. The creation that God makes in Genesis 1 and 2 is perfect and good, and humanity enjoys abundance in the garden with God. That is the way God plans it. That's the way God sees it happening. But then Genesis 3 happens. It tells us about the fall when humans are tempted and use their God-given free will to choose to live by their own rather than by God's will. And after being tempted, they choose to eat the fruit of the tree which had been forgiven, eh, forbidden to them. The consequences of that action are massive and they change humanity's earthly existence forever. Rather than living in the garden where they would spend every minute in the presence of God and the relationship is easy, they're banished out into the wilds of creation to make their own way in the world. They'll now have to work for everything and they'll work and toil, pain and suffering. But the worst thing, rather than living with God in the garden, an eternal kind of life, life in banishment from the garden, brings something else, death. But in Jesus, in Jesus' life, death and resurrection, the wonder and the good news is that death is defeated and that the distance that was put between humanity and the loving God who created them is removed. The relationship is restored and we can through the loving self-sacrifice of Christ experience the grace and forgiveness of a loving God and that scripture which Jesus read in the synagogue is fulfilled the kingdom of God the fulfillment on earth of God's will the freedom from death and the binding of the chains of fear and debt and addiction and everything else that holds humanity prisoner are breaking God's kingdom is here. Now for now, it's a partial fulfillment. Our lives testify to the fact that there is still pain and suffering in this life. In this side of heaven, there always will be. But when Christ comes again, 
There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and all of these things shall pass away. There will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sickness, no more dying. And isn't that why we gather? Sunday after Sunday, week in, week out, to celebrate, to testify, to hear again the good news, to share the hope that God is love and loves us. Loves us enough not to leave us abandoned in the wilderness. Loves us enough to pursue us through all of creation, throughout eternity. Loves us enough to slip into human skin and to die that horrendous and scandalous death for us and is raised again because he loves us enough that he wants to raise us to life with him. Why? Not because of anything that we do, but because of who God is and because God loves us. That is the good news. That's the good news that brings us together Sunday by Sunday, week in, week out as we gather, that binds us and creates us and sustains us as a community. That's the good news that is to ooze out of us as a community to our wider community around us and as it blesses them, sorry, as it blesses us to bless them. And as individuals, we go out into all of the different areas of our lives. That good news is good news which transforms lives. That's the good news that we are asked, that we are called, that we are sent to proclaim. So often in church, and I mean in the building, in the hour that we call church, and in the community of faith who meets as a church, we think that it's just the job of the minister to proclaim the gospel. After all, that's my job title, isn't it? Minister of the gospel. But in the Presbyterian tradition, of which we're a part, or in the Reformed tradition, and in the biblical tradition of the early church, proclaiming the gospel wasn't just or wasn't the job of just the minister or the church leader. It was what the church, the gathered assembly, were all about. It was the job of all believers. It was one of their raison d'etre. And how did they do it? Well, for that we need to turn to the book of Acts. Where after the Holy Spirit descends at Pentecost, the disciples, the witnesses who saw all of this with their own eyes, go out into all the world proclaiming the good news. They heal people in Jesus' name. They tell people the good news that Jesus has come wherever they go. They go into the synagogues, into the marketplaces, wherever people are, they go. And they meet the needs of the people. They heal the sick, they feed the poor, they drive out demons, demons and they tell people all about this loving God who came among them in the person of Jesus and set them free. And wherever people see this and hear this, people come to faith and ask to be baptized. And so I'm going to ask that question again that I asked at the beginning. What does it mean to be the church? To be the church means to be a community of people 
who want to tell the world, who want to share the good news that there is a God who loves us and who comes among us to bring us life. The church are people who have discovered that for themselves and they want to share it with all whom they meet because it's been life-changing for them and they know that it can be life-changing for anybody else who hears it or experiences it. I hope and pray that that's the message that you hear each time we gather here as church. I hope and pray that this is the message that flows out of everything that we do when we gather together in Jesus' name to be the church. But there's so much more that we can do. After all, look around. Our sanctuary isn't even half full, is it? And so how can we tell more people? How can we reach more people? Not necessarily shout louder, but tell in a language or in a way that they understand. What might God be nudging you to do today? How might God be encouraging you to tell of all that God has done? In what ways might our message reach those in our town who haven't yet heard? Or who have heard, but who don't want to think about it? What new ways might we employ in telling. Remember those words of St. Francis, which I've shared with you before. Preach the gospel at all times, but only use words when necessary. After all, actions often speak louder than words. Who might God be whispering in your ear about this morning that you could tell of God's love today? And in what ways will you share it with them? But a word of caution before we go. Often I hear that one of the main reasons people who won't come to church or don't hold with faith is because they see hypocrisy. Where Christians say one thing but do another. And so we can't proclaim a saving, loving God in one breath and then talk about our neighbour behind their back in the next. We can't proclaim a saving, loving God in one breath, and then stand firm in the belief that all who seek refuge in this country should be sent home or detained offshore in the next. We can't proclaim a loving, saving God in one breath, and then discriminate against or exclude certain groups of people in the next. Our actions and our words need to collide with the words that we say we believe about God. People need to see that faith in a loving, saving, forgiving, compassionate God at work in every single area of our life. And so let us proclaim the good news of the coming of the kingdom with every single ounce of our being with every word that comes out of our mouths, with every action that we undertake. Let us speak of the love of God and the wonderful gift of life that God offers to all through Jesus. And may we rely on the God of love to give us the courage and the strength and the faithfulness to do it. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to be the people that you created us to be. 
Help us to shout from the rooftops with every ounce of our being that you are love and of the love that you have for everyone. The love that you made known through Jesus. May our voices sing it. May our actions prove it. May we be your hands and your feet as we go about our daily lives, both here in this community and beyond in all the different communities that we are part of. Fill us with your love. Give us strength and courage to proclaim the good news that Christ has come. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing again. The church is wherever God's people are praising. And while we do, our offering will be received. as we dedicate our offering. Gracious God, you give us many things. And we now offer this, our offering, as a token of all that we offer in your service as we together proclaim the gospel of your Son. Take this, our money, and together with our time and our talents, may they be used in the building up of your kingdom that your will may be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm going to invite um, Shona now with her. No? Well, it's Eric with our prayers for others. It is. Do you know, I knew that earlier on, and then it just completely, it's written down there. If I'd just gone over and looked at my script, Shona's shaking her head at me, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, who is it? <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> Let's come together in prayer. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to meet here together each week, to openly profess our faith, to worship you, and to go out and share your good news with others. As we ask you to hear our prayers this morning for others, both at home and abroad, we pray for those in other parts of the world who are unable to do so and meet secretly in worship. Grant them the freedom to meet together openly for worship in your name. We pray for peace where there is conflict in the world, but especially the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Draw near to those in power in Russia that they may hear your call to withdraw completely from Ukraine, bringing to an end an unnecessary war, destruction and deaths and teaching them how to live at peace with their neighbours. We pray for the Ukrainian people who remain there, many having lost family and friends and everything they possessed, for those who have now been evacuated from the steel plant, and for those who have fled their country, leaving many belongings and family and friends behind. Keep them all safe. We pray and give thanks for those who are providing shelter, food and clothes. Let them all feel your supporting, guiding and comforting presence. Here at home, many are worrying about the increased cost of living, putting many into poverty. Help politicians to fully understand how people are suffering and guide and encourage them in their decision-making so that those in need receive the assistance they require at this difficult time in their lives. We give thanks for food banks throughout the country and especially the food pantry and storehouse in our own town. Encourage and strengthen all those involved to continue with this valuable and much-needed work. We pray too for those who continually live in poverty in various parts of the world. Encourage those world leaders who have plenty to share with those who have very little so that they too can have a more comfortable life, bringing hope for the future. We remember and pray for our young people who are revising and sitting important exams at present and for those planning a career change and are also sitting exams or taking tests. These are stressful times and we ask you to support them all and help them feel your calming presence. Following the local government elections, councillors have been re-elected or elected for the first time. And we ask that you guide and encourage them to work together in the interests of the communities they now serve. Now that the initial decision has been taken for the union of the three churches in the town to take place, we pray for those who will now take this forward to the next stage and guide them in their continued discussions. We pray also for the three church sessions for there will be more discussions, more decisions to be made, and much planning to take place. Guide and direct them as they do so. It won't always be easy, and there will be difficult times ahead for each one of us. Be with us and support us at each step of the way. And although this will be the building in which worship takes place, help us to understand and accept that we will not be welcoming new people to our church but will be part of a new church on a new journey together. You know the plans you have for the church here in Bones, 
and as people of that church. Help us as congregations to listen to what you have to say so that we can make the right decisions when it comes to voting. Changes will have to be made, so we ask you to help us accept the changes that the union will bring so that we can go forward together, building a new church and mission here in the town. Here these are prayers in Jesus' name. He taught us how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Eric. Let's stand together and sing our last hymn. We have heard a joyful sound, Jesus saves. And just a reminder that there's tea and coffee after the service if you want to continue the fellowship that we've had just now. And everybody's welcome.
from this place and let your lives be a living proclamation to the good news that Christ has come and will come again. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you, giving you strength, courage and love in all that you do, in all that you are, this day and all of your tomorrows. Amen.
Failure and fall. 